Welcome to another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. I'm your friend, Phil Vecchio, and on this episode, we'll be discussing Season 4, Episode 16 of Family Ties. This episode is titled Checkmate, and it originally aired on January 30th, 1986. And with me, as always, to discuss this episode is my very special co-host, Keith. Check and mate to you, Phil. That's right. <laughs> Queen tonight's Bishop Seven. Oh, what? What a crazy episode. And they're just burning Ellen. I'm, I'm getting oh my really gosh. upset now. There was not enough Ellen in the episode at all. Nope. She did have one funny scene. Yes. <laughs> I know exactly which one you're talking about, too. Because I yeah. love that scene. And then I'm like, oh. We could have had way more of Ellen in this episode. You always need more Ellen. Always. Gotta have more Ellen. <laughs> I'm surprised, by the way, that there wasn't Skippy in this episode. I feel like a chess episode should have had Skippy as a part of it. I agree. I agree. He would have been perfect in this episode, too. But we got Yvonne. We did. Oh, yeah. this is good, <laughs> good stuff. <old> Yvonne. <laughs> Yvonne. <laughs> That's just Ivan, right? Yeah, but they're, I think they're pronouncing it the way, you know. Well, we'll talk about the accent. I guess we should, we got to just talk about the accent right up front here. Oh, my god! Those guys are not Russian. No, not even close. <laughs> it was like, uh, hey, I think I've watched uh, something on TV and they had a Russian accent. I can do the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And it, <laughs> I feel like, especially the kid, the accent kind of went from like, you know, Russian to vague Eastern European to like almost Greek or something at some point. Like <laughs> yeah. it was, uh, it was pretty funny. <laughs> little Italian at one point. <laughs> yeah. Apparently nobody, nobody around could actually, you know, they couldn't actually find someone with a real Russian accent. I feel like the lady who was the host of the, the chess tournament actually did a wave at a Russian accent. She wasn't doing a Russian accent. I know. <laughs> Oh, okay. oh! But would she like pronounce words and stuff? Yeah, yeah. She did. Yeah. Uh, she made that one phrase in Russian. Probably, you know, like let the competition begin or let the best man win or something. Who knows? Of course, when compared to the others, it sounded good anyway. You know, it could just be. <laughs> <laughs> At least it was vaguely Russian. You know, it still was a great episode. A lot of fun. Excellent. Even episode. though there were some questionable accents, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would actually watch chess if it was that exciting all the time. So before we get into the episode proper, just a couple of small business matters to attend to. First of all, uh, as always, we got to remind everyone up front that if you would like to write to us, you can do so at alexpkeatonismyfriend at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and on uh, our Facebook group and on Podchaser. So make sure you guys reach out to us because we'd love to hear from you. And what are your favorite chess moves? Oh, yeah. Did it aggravate you that I just made up a fake one at the beginning that didn't make any sense? No, because I was all <laughs> 100% okay with it. I thought, wasn't it uh, Bishop to B6 or something? Or I did write it down. Like, the bad move he made was Bishop to Knight 2. Knight, okay. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. It always was funny to me in shows. I think we just talked about this another episode where they talk about, it. you know, oh, Knight to Bishop 7 – like, it's just something that everyone knows how to do when they play chess. I've oh, played sure. a lot of games of chess, and I've never once played with anyone that knew how to do that. No. Same. And, yeah. And, like, I know how to play, but, yeah. 
I mean, they did it in Harry Potter even too with the uh, Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. And they just do it like everyone just knows how to do that when they play chess. Oh, yeah. I, I understand what it means. It's a way of verbally describing which square they go to. But it's not an easy thing to do. And I don't know why everyone just assumes that's how you do it. It's because it sounds good. It's for yeah. TV. I get it. Yeah. But. It's more dramatic. Yeah. Hmm. Well, the other dramatic thing to address is that we are, uh, this is our the penultimate episode before our summer break. Right. So I just want to keep everyone, you know, make sure everyone is aware of our schedule. We'll have one more episode and then we're going to do a, a brief hiatus while you and I do a bunch of traveling. Yes. Mostly you. Mostly me, although you're going <laughs> further. Yeah. Well, I'm going for longer. You got to take a plane to get to mine. <laughs> That's right. We are driving everywhere. So Right. Yours will take a little bit longer. Yeah, it will. To not go near as far. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to see so many cool things. Oh, we are. We're, we're hitting four national parks, a bunch of state parks, all kinds of cool stuff in between. It's going to be it's going to be a good trip, but it's not Bora Bora. No. Well, French <laughs> Polynesia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> that makes a huge difference. Have you uh, been practicing your French? No, but I've been practicing my Polynesian. Okay. <laughs> that That's happens nice. to be my favorite sauce at uh, Chick-fil-A. So. Oh, mine is the Sriracha one. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah, that's I like good. that one. The Polynesian, Polynesian one is good. I think we have the bottle of it in the cu- in the fridge. Ooh. I love that, like, fast food restaurants sell bottles of their sauces now. Yes. We've gotten them from Taco Bell. We've gotten it from Panda Express. We've got it from Flame Broiler. Like, mm. how do they not yes. think of this before? I don't know. It seems like, you know, an easy marketing tool. If only Del Taco would sell theirs, because they're always super skimpy with their sauce. They are. We went last night, and uh, I think they gave us, like, eight sauces for $46 worth of food. So Yeah, like, I think they should at least give you, well, at least one sauce per item, but, yeah. you know, a couple per item at least. Yeah. It's a big burrito to have one little tiny packet, you know? That doesn't, yeah, it's not enough. It doesn't get you anywhere mm. near. I use nope. four hot sauces on a burrito. Oh, Sure. I mean, if I if there's more, if there's an abundant supply, I'll go even further. If you know, oh yeah, if there's enough, yeah, you're burning uh, one hot sauce per every layer of burrito that you bite. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and then I like to do, you know, you open the burrito, you inside, you sauce it on the inside, then you wrap it back up again. Then you get like a dipping pile on your plate with another packet or two, and then you can dip the outside, and then you have like sauce coming from both ends. It's oh, nice, pretty great. Yeah, that's my that's my burrito tip. Your your waste to sauce ratio when it, you put it on your uh, paper is too much. I can't I can't bear to waste that much. Oh, like directly on the burrito paper? Yeah, I mean, you can always lick the paper afterwards, though. Oh, good thinking. Good thinking. You know, I mean, I am I will fully admit, I'm a plate and paper licker. After a meal, if it's a good sauce or whatever that was on it, I will lick the plate. No problem. See, I like to take French fries and rub the French fries against the sauce. I don't use ketchup, so. I don't understand. I'm a huge ketchup user, as you probably know. I do know. I do remember that. I, I try to make it as public information as possible. You know? <laughs> right. Uh, you got me all choked up there on that one. Oh, I know. It's an emotional thing. I, when I think of ketchup, I, I too get a little choked up. You know? 
There's Uh-oh. nothing like the panic too of like we're at at, at home and we're going to have a meal and then like the ketchup bottle is empty and I don't know if we've got a new bottle in the cupboard and I'm like what are we going to do? This is terrible. I need to run out to the grocery store right now. Fortunately, Janelle keeps us pretty well stocked, but there's Your always that little moment of panic, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the same feeling is like when you're on the last roll of toilet paper or you're not sure, like, uh, is there one more in the cupboard or not? Yeah. That's what I feel like when ketchup's almost gone. That's a little more panicky for me, so. <laughs> <laughs> They're both equally disturbing in my mind, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, family ties. Sha-la-la-la. So we open up the episode in the Keaton kitchen, and Alex is playing an intense game of chess against his computer. And this was interesting because, first of all, it's obviously a, you know, 1986 computer. I don't know enough about computers of that era to identify exactly what it was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the Faker 2E. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> felt like it was just a something they put together to look like a computer. Because... <laughs> yes. Also was weird, he was playing on, like, a chessboard, but then I guess maybe he was entering his moves into the computer? Is that what you were trying to do here? That's what I would have thought that he was doing, is, you know, and then the computer would spit out its move, and so then he would make the move on the board so he could visualize it. Uh, right. So the computer says, queen and knight's rook, or whatever, and then... Then he knows where to move it. I, maybe that's the thing. Maybe in the 80s, you know, when you had to play chess with a computer, you had to know those things. Oh, maybe. If there's any big chess fans out there, write in and help us out here. Because I've just, <laughs> I've played, like I said, I've played quite a few games of chess in my life. And I've just never understood that part of it. So Yeah, same. Fill me in. Obviously, we're missing something. Alex, though, is not missing anything because he has beaten the computer like five times in a row. So he's obviously very good at chess. We have seen Alex and Steven play chess quite a bit throughout the years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not like out of left field. But we find out that Alex is Leland College's chess champion. And that he is scheduled to play against a real-life Soviet Union Russian chess player that's coming to visit. And uh, this is obviously, you know, back before the end of the Cold War, back before the fall of Soviet Union. And so we had a lot of terms that he throws out there that I suppose younger listeners might not be familiar with or people they might not know about. He referred to him as a Soviet, which is, you know, because they were the Soviet Socialist Republic, right? Yes. Union of Soviet Socialist Republic, I think. USSR. Yeah. USSR, yeah. He talked about Gorbachev, who was, you know, the... I don't think they called him president. Well, I can't remember what his like exact role was, but leader of Russia at the yeah. time. The Kremlin, which is sort of like the equivalent of the White House in the United States. That's where their the government is seated. A few other, you know, terms of that time that might not be familiar to modern audiences. Yeah. Anyway, Elise and Steven come in. Everyone's excited for the big chess game. And Steven and Elise have brought in with them a telegram that came in the mail for Alex. Is that how telegrams work? They come in the mail? I don't know enough about telegrams because I feel like, you know, back in the old days, you know, you would have to go to the telegraph place and like they would have right. to find you and say, hey, you got a telegraph. Here you go. Or they someone would like deliver it to your house. Maybe yeah. like Ooh, a singing telegram. Yes, there you go. See, that's what I assume is they're going to bring something to you. Yeah. Anyway, Alex's came in the mail. 
And <laughs> it was a, a letter encouraging him to do well against his Russian opponent from the Undersecretary of State for Chess and Batgammon. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very important role in the U.S. government, you know. Here we go, Batgammon. We just talked about it a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yes, we did. That's right. <laughs> Get a lot of old school gaming talk on this show here. <laughs> <laughs> we really know uh, our show. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> know your audience, and the audience likes ancient board games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Real wood. We now head over to the actual match, and it is taking place in what is I can only describe as like a classic chess room. All these dark wood, you know, panels everywhere, and it's a very somber looking room. Everyone's sitting quietly in the audience. And we find out that Steven's channel, the PBS station, is covering the chess match, and they've brought in a chess specialist to uh, come and do like color commentary for the game. Yeah, he's and, an ex grandmaster. Yes, and one of the funniest bits of the show, I would say, is the ongoing commentary <laughs> with Steven and this guy. Like, <laughs> Steven trying to make the show, you know, the game, the match more interesting, and the grandmaster, ex grandmaster, just having nothing to say about it. Oh, nothing. That was comedy gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was, like, silent almost the entire time. (laughs) Steven's waiting for him to talk. The game begins. Alex, uh, you know, is introduced to uh, Ivan, which is his his competitor from Russia. Ivan wishes him good luck. Alex is very suspicious of this. We also see that Ellen and Jennifer and Mallory are in the audience, and none of them are too jazzed to be there. I mean, of course, Ellen's being, you know, supportive, but Mallory and Jennifer want to be anywhere but there. They're hoping for a hot dog vendor to come through, <laughs> which uh, isn't going to happen. Liven it up and, a little bit. And uh, the match is underway, and Steven, hoping for this uh, commentator guy to chip in, says, uh, well, the match is underway. And the guy leans in and says, you are absolutely correct. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, so then we kind of have like a little chess montage where we see them going back and forth, making their moves. It shows the big board, the display board for everyone to see up above. And it's uh, the music behind it was very interesting. Yes. It kind of sounded to me like they were trying to do almost like a Jeopardy theme kind of thing. Okay. But it had like a Russian overtones to it. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what it was. It wasn't like credited anywhere or, you know so who knows where this music came from but it was a very unique sound a little like synthesizers and stuff in it so i noted it sounded to me like tetris yeah well there you go that's the the russian side of it the absolutely but it had like that yep. <laughs> and the electronic aspect of it because they were had you know they had some kind of synthesizer or something going on there so <laughs> I don't know, yeah. but I felt like when it showed Alex making his moves, it was a little more... That's when it made me think of, like, Jeopardy. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the same notes, but it had that kind of tone to it. So. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. During the montage, of course, Mallory falls asleep. Everyone is really trying hard to be interested in watching people play chess. But <laughs> it's uh, they did a good job of making it interesting for the show. But I can't imagine being in real life in an audience watching a chess match. <laughs> no, because like they would make a move and then they would write notes and, uh, ah. and then they would hit the little clock. I'm sure that thing has a name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the click clock. Yeah, 
And then they, you know, the next person would just sit there and ponder what their next move was. And it's like, oh, Lordy, that would be terrible. And you have to sit quietly. Like, it's quieter than a golf match because you're in, like, a little room. Yeah. You can't even, like, whisper. That's why I was kind of surprised to see uh, Steven in the setup. Obviously, you know, this is television. It's not reality. But, you know, because they could be a little uh, distracting, you know, (laughs) as they're doing their commentary. Well, it's interesting. They did a little trick in this episode, which they do occasionally on the show, sort of like a stage, a trick of the stage where – you know, even though if you were in a room of that size, you'd be able to hear all this stuff. You know, when Alex is having a, a conversation with Yvonne during the match, it's as if no one else in the room can hear what they're saying to each other, even though obviously they can all hear what they're saying. Oh, yeah. You know, but it's like how that is in a stage play where everyone else gets quiet and the audience can hear the conversation and we assume no one else hears them. I think that we're supposed to believe that. Steven's being quiet enough that Alex and Yvonne can't hear him talking either. So, okay. all right, that's that's the that's the impression that I got. Who knows? I could yeah, be wrong. It's good enough for me. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's a word for that, and I can't think of it. But that's it's a trick of the stage. You know, it's hmm. kind of like when someone in a show says, "Oh, can I talk to you over here?" And then they just walk to the other side of the set, which is in their like living room, so they clearly be able to hear each other. But you know, we just kind of buy it that they've moved apart, so no one can hear them. You know. Mm-hmm. Classic, classic sitcom. Classic. So we get to the end. The announcer lady, who has a very interesting, uh, I can't wait to get to the guest stars, let's just say. The announcer <laughs> okay. lady comes out and she says uh, that we've got, you know, we're going to take a break because the match is going so long. We're going to reconvene the next day. And she says that Yvonne gets the final move. And he he's kind of been arguing a little bit with his coach. And he goes and he makes a move, which was Bishop to Knight 2. And Alex is just like in shock because apparently that's a really bad move for where they were in the game. Yeah. And it kind of looks like, and Alex starts to realize that maybe he made a bad move on purpose. Yep. Hmm. So we now go over to the snack shop cafeteria area of Leland College. And uh, Ellen is in there with Alex. This is the part where Ellen did get a moment to shine. Yes. And she's trying to, like, talk Alex through this. You know, Alex is just, I don't understand. How can he make a bad move? Yvonne's such a great player. How can he make a bad move? And she's like, obviously, he probably just made a bad move. And he's and Alex is like, how could you say he made a bad move? He's such a good chess player. And it keeps going like this, where Alex, she's trying to help him talk through it, and she's getting nowhere. Obviously, Alex is just kind of in his own brain. So Ellen takes off. Alex is hanging out near the foosball table in the jukebox there. And I think it was a jukebox, (laughs) right? Yeah, I thought so. It was a a weird shape, though, because at first I thought it was like a cigarette dispenser. But then as it did another closer shot, I think jukebox is what we're looking at. Yeah, that's what I thought when I saw it. Okay, that's good. It was a different looking one, not like your classic one, but I think that's what it was. Not like your bar jukebox? Right, right. <laughs> Pee Wee Herman type of, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I think a jukebox, but. Yeah. So Yvonne comes in and uh, they start to talk a little bit, and Alex basically calls him on, like, you know, throwing the game, and he's like, oh, we shouldn't be talking about this. 
But through their conversation, Alex comes to realize that Yvonne, who he's seen before as this, you know, arch rival from another country, an enemy country, that he's just a guy who likes to play chess and he's really hates that he's so much pressure is being put on him. You know, they put the little Russian flag next to him as he, as he plays and that everyone everywhere is pressuring him and he just wants to play chess. And he and Alex connect because they both watched the famous Bobby Fischer match. Oh, yeah. You know, that made them love chess. And so Alex starts to realize that Yvonne is a real person, not just an enemy. They go their separate ways and they say they're going to see each other the next day. We're back now in the next the next day for the, the match in the chess room. And Elise comes in. And I don't know if you caught this or not. But when Elise comes in, she calls Alex Allen. No. She says, oh, good morning, Alan. And then I thought there was, like, someone else named Alan, but then Alex talks to her. And I rewound it, like, five times. Janelle can confirm. She calls him Alan. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Now, I think that she may have been, like, mixing the name Alex and Ellen together. And I think maybe no one noticed because of that. Oh, wow. But Ellen was not in the room at the time. It was just Alex. And she said, good morning or hello, Alan. Oh, snap. That's crazy. Yes. I didn't catch that. This was that. huge. This was huge. And nobody said anything. No. They didn't even, like, yeah. redo it or anything. No. I think no one noticed. Again, Alex and Ellen, I think they just, you know, just let it go. You know, it's easier. Elise has had quite a few of these lately. Let's not forget her bah from an <laughs> earlier episode, you know. <laughs> I do love the bah. <laughs> yeah. So now she's got an Allen. So anyway, she's talking with Alex, and he explains kind of how he's feeling about Ivan, Yvonne, sorry. And uh, he says it's a lot easier to hate a country than it is to hate a person. Mm-hmm. I remember when hate was so simple. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so we finally we cut to the the match itself, and Alex has decided that he's not going to let Yvonne just throw the game. He's too good of a player. So Alan. <laughs> Look what I just did. I called him Alan. I'm Elise now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she was putting uh, Yvonne and, uh, and Alex together. Ah, see, that that could work too, yeah. Yeah. Well, I see how she did it now. <laughs> <laughs> so Alex decides that he's going to make a bad move. And, like, Yvonne grabs his hand and is like, you can't do that. You know, you can't just make a bad move. And he's like, oh, now we're, Alex is now we're even. We both made a bad move. So then Yvonne says, you know, starts to make his bad move. And Alex grabs his hand. And they keep doing this back and forth where they're making bad moves so that they can equal it out and then grabbing each other's hands. Steven's getting, meanwhile, very excited about this, <laughs> commentating. And he's like, oh, there's a lot more grabbing in today's session. And he's yelling and he's all excited. And eventually... It escalates to the point where they are up and chasing each other around the table, and neither one is able to play, and they wind up shutting down the match. <laughs> in fact, Steven comes in and says, this is the first. Both players were disqualified for wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, they, you know, didn't, neither one of them got to win, but also Yvonne, you know, didn't have to, like, throw the game and lose. He just... It was it was a wash. So the family says, "Oh, it's gonna we're gonna go home, and we're proud of you, Alex." You know, blah blah blah. Ivan comes in, and Yvonne, and you know, he says, "Oh, next time you're in the Soviet Union, come in, and I'd love to play a game of chess with you." And Alex is like, 
let's let's just play a game right now. Just you know, two guys just who like to play chess. <laughs> so they sit down at the chess board. And Alex's final line is, "I'll play you for a buck." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh wait, he's from the Soviet Union. He doesn't have a dollar. That's right, a ruble. <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah, maybe I think so. Something on, yeah, something like that. And uh, we get a freeze frame. And they've basically made world peace at this point. And I'm pretty sure just a couple years later and, uh, you know, Cold War is over. Yeah. All because of family ties. Yep. And it yeah. is a ruble, by the way. It is a ruble. Okay, good. Yep. That's good. And, uh, I couldn't remember if it was up. ruble or rupee, but rupee is uh, from India. Legend of Zelda. And oh. India. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, both. <laughs> now you're making me double check. Like, is it really a rupee? No, I think it is, but I think they spell it differently, and that's what they call it in Legend of Zelda. Oh, okay. Shoo. Oh, turns out it's also good for uh, Pakistani, uh, and that's it. Oh. Yeah. Well, they do have a... is a rupiah. Rupia. Interesting. Yeah. And Vladimir uh, Putin is the president. He's considered the president of Russia. But what was Gorbachev? Was he the president? He was considered the president, yeah, of the Soviet Union. Huh. Okay. Well, I guess I, guess I was wrong. I thought there was some other, you know, chancellor or something like that. But I guess that's Germany. Man, I'm really getting all my world leaders mixed up here. I know I've got nothing, so you're you're crushing it. Prime minister is in Canada, right? All right, I'm going to stop guessing and make myself seem dumber now. So. Well, then they also have the prime minister in uh, England. Right, but then they share with, like, I mean, they're, like, the ones that functionally lead the country, whereas you've got the royal family that are more figureheads, sort of-ish. Yeah. There's your uh, really basic and possibly flawed uh, world <laughs> civics lesson there. Probably flawed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Please don't take any of this at face value. <laughs> right. I hope Julia hears this and uh, can correct us. <laughs> oh, yes. She's probably shaking her head right now. Oh, yeah. The uh, producers of Alex B. Keaton is my friend podcast cannot be responsible for any questions you may answer on a quiz, test, or other academic paper with any of the information <laughs> provided on the <this> show. Yes. <laughs> the legal team has required me to read that notice. So yeah. just, um, this just so you guys know. Yeah. <laughs> I've just been handed a, a bulletin here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and now for the weather. Sha la la la. And now for the guest stars. Yes. Six credited guest stars in this episode. Quite a bit here. Yeah, I was kind of shocked when I saw the list of them as they went through, you know, the end credits. Up first, we have Ivan Rosmirovich. Ivan, sorry. Ivan Rosmirovich, who is played by Albert Macklin. Oh, sure. That sounds really Russian. Yes. And he has had 27 acting credits and every single other one, like... He played Arnie or Bernard or whatever. Like, he's not okay. playing a Russian in most episodes. So, this was his only episode of Family Ties. And oh. I think it might have even been... No, it wasn't his very first. One of the people in today's was their very first acting thing, but it wasn't his. Okay. Um, but, yeah, he, not a ton of stuff. He's done, you know, TV shows like Remington Steel, Law and & Order, etc. And a few indie movies and stuff I'd not heard of, so... But uh, he's definitely not Russian, at least not from as far as I can tell here. <laughs> <laughs> not according to IMDb. He was born no. in New Jersey. No. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> Next, we have the coach, the, the 
chess coach from Russia. Okay. He was played by a guy named Alex Hentiloff. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and also say that I don't think he's really Russian either. Uh-oh. He's been in a lot of American shows playing characters such as Phil, Mr. Lindy, Raymond, Brother Francis, Don. Not a whole lot of uh, Russian sounding names. So I'm going to guess no. he's probably not Russian either. Okay. All right. Well, but that's, that's a stance I guess you can take. It is. But he has been in a lot of stuff. 97 acting credits. Uh, Melrose Place, Night Court, Murder, She Wrote, uh, Night Rider. So shout out to our friends over at uh, the Champas who do the Night Rider show. And um, currently they're doing the Airwolf years. Nice. He also was in Star Trek IV The Voyage Home, which is like the best Star Trek movie. That's one with Shatner and Picard. No, that's Generations. Oh, generation. The Voyage Home is the one with the whales. Oh, where they go back okay. in time to the 80s. Yes. Oh, it's fantastic. I haven't seen that movie in, oh, it's been a lot of years. It's really good. It's the only Star Trek movie Janelle even remotely likes, and she loves that movie. Because it's all fish out of water. They all go back to the 80s, and I'll have to like fit in with like 80s stuff. But it was made in the 80s, <laughs> so it was like contemporary at the time, you know. It's <laughs> right. great. I'm surprised she doesn't like Khan. Janelle is not a big, huge Star Trek fan. Janelle had never even watched all the Star Wars movies until we were married. Oh, so, and not was a big three back then. I well, know, maybe, not a lot of maybe the prequels. Well, the prequels have come out, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, the first two prequels, I think. I can't remember what year the third one did, but right around there. But Janelle grew up in a family with all girls, you know, and so they didn't watch a lot of sci-fi apparently. Wow, that's kind of weird. I can't imagine a house like that. I know. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Although you you're uh, you're outnumbered over there in your part of the woods there. No, we're tied right now. Well, okay, but Aiden is like an adult now. Yeah, All I'm saying is, is like you're moving more towards being yeah. outnumbered. How's that? How's that? We're a very short time frame away from being a house of mostly girls. Yes, that's yes, exactly. So you will be very soon. How's that? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> so just as a PS, uh, episode one of Star Wars was 99, and then two was 2002, and the third was 2005. Aha. Uh-huh. So we got married before the third, but after the first two. Gotcha. Yeah, there you go. Let's see. So a couple other things about Alex Hintzeloff. He also was in an episode of Hotel, which we talked about before. But this is interesting. He was in an episode of a show called Del Vecchio. What? From 1977, yes. Which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, that is. Have you ever heard of that show before? I have. I've seen it pop up before. But, you know, I've never actually watched it. I think it's like a... Uh, detective show. I think Del Vecchio is the name of a police detective or something along those lines. But uh, I've never watched it, actually. suppose I should. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, but this is his only... Judd Hirsch. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. See? Okay. Famous people. It's It's yeah. been around, but I just never got around to watching it. Yeah, well, Someday. I can't imagine why you haven't watched a show from 1976. I don't know. It's only yeah. a little before I was born, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was one. I can't imagine why I haven't watched it. <laughs> yeah. 
But this is his only appearance on Family Ties, so oh. no more Russian coach either. Oh, man. So next we have Eric Nordstrom, who was the ex-grandmaster, ex-chess grandmaster, and he okay. was played by George Pentecost. This actor has 44 credits and some interesting things here. Um, you know, a bunch of TV shows like Roswell, L.A. Law, Night Court, Remington Steel, etc., but he was also in an episode of Family, which is Meredith oh. Baxter's show. So yes. we always got to call those out. And he was in an episode of Del Vecchio. Oh, interesting. Yeah, How two funny of them popped is that? up. Different episode, but still interesting. Huh. This, however, is his only appearance on Family Ties. So we don't get what? to see him anymore. No more chess commentary. Oh, man. I know. So now we come to Mildred Atkins, the character who was hosting the game, Mm -hmm. did the announcing and stuff, who had the superior accent, as you mentioned. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She was played by Elsa Raven, and she's an actress with 76 credits. Did you happen to recognize her at all? I didn't. I, like, the second I saw her on screen, knew exactly who she was. 76 acting credits, a lot of stuff over the years. ER, Everybody Loves Raymond, recurring role on Days of Our Lives. Uh, she was an episode of Seinfeld. She was the mom in the Mom and Pop Store episode. A-Team, all kinds of stuff. Highway to Heaven. But the first thing that I recognize her from right away, and it's partly probably because of the context here, she is in Back to the Future. Really? Yes. She's the clock tower lady. Save the clock tower. She's walking around in the... Oh. Uh, in the thing at the very beginning of the movie, save the clock tower, save the clock tower. Oh my gosh. No, yeah. I never would have guessed that. So like, right, you know, she had just been in the movie, uh, you know, right before this and then came on the show. So, you know, same age and everything. And as soon as I saw her, I'm like, oh, it's a clock tower lady. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How funny. Yep. There oh, you go. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't, never would have guessed that. If you would have told me she was in a Michael J. Fox movie, I don't know which one I would have guessed. Probably Back to the Future because that's always the first one. But well, yeah, I uh, <laughs> I guess I've just watched Back to the Future a lot. So yeah, well, and you have a great memory. So well, for certain things, if if only like remembering TV shows and actors and you know dates that movies were released was helpful in a more practical sense, that would be pretty great. <laughs> but I do have a great memory for those types of things. Ask me what yeah. my schedule is this week. I couldn't tell you without looking or asking Janelle, <laughs> but I do remember that, you know, 1989 was the year that Back to the Future uh, Part 2 came out and also um, Batman, etc. You know, I could list off 20 movies that came out in 1989, but I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So That's funny. Well, we also had the character of Pete. Pete was, uh, I believe, one of the two guys in the cafeteria that talks to Alex. And after he's met with Ivan, they're like, or Yvonne, they're like, oh, you're going to beat that guy tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, show those guys who's boss. He uh, was played by an actor named James McNerland, who only has five acting credits. So I'll just read them. Uh, Episode of Crime and Punishment, True Colors, Night Court. So we've got another Night Court for tonight. Duet, and then Family Ties. This was his first act, ever acting role. It was Family Ties. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 
So not a lot of stuff, but he had a good start there. Yeah, started strong and then uh, kind of let it go. And then in that uh, same scene, there was another guy named Eddie. Eddie was played by Todd Jeffries. And uh, he's actually got 54 credits and has done a lot more stuff over the years. Um, recent things such as Arrested Development and The Office. He was also in The X-Files. He also did a Seinfeld. He was in the English Patient episode. Oh. He was in Falcon Crest, which we often uh, bring up on the show. Mm-hmm. This is his only episode of Family Ties. Um, and oh. I think this Family Ties might have been his first ever acting role, too. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was. This was okay. his first ever acting role as well. Two first-timers. And that's all the guest stars. Sha-la-la-la! One of the very first ones I wrote down is when Elise walks in and Alex is, you know, talking to the computer, or silver box. Yeah. And uh, she said, Alex, I thought I told you not to argue with the appliances. (laughs) And I was laughing because, you know, a computer wasn't really an appliance back in 1986, but, you know, it works. Sure. I mean, maybe she didn't know any better. She doesn't know what it is, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And then in the cafeteria, which, by the way, don't, like, college cafeterias have the best grilled cheese sandwiches? Oh, yeah. Ours had a a turkey, bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich that I still dream about. A turkey BLT. It was the most expensive thing on the menu. It took the most, like, credits, you know, but Mm -hmm. I got it every time. So good. Oh. It's just delicious. You have to. Yeah. You're doing yourself a disservice if you don't. I know. I wonder if they still have those there. Hmm. Mm, I haven't visited my alma mater in a while. I'll have to go check and see if they got my sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So they're in there, and then uh, uh, after the two jock guys leave, and they tell Alex to beat up on the Ruski there, and uh, he goes, oh, you know, Rambo Keaton is going to get the Ruski. (laughs) Called himself Rambo Keaton. I thought that was kind of funny. And he's like, oh, those guys must be big chess fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alex is talking about uh, Yvonne and how he shouldn't go out with a black mark on his record. And Mallory goes, oh, you sure took care of that, didn't you, Alex? Yeah. <laughs> you know, got him disqualified and yep. online. For wrestling. And, <laughs> and then uh, Jennifer says, I don't think I want to take up chess. It's too violent. <laughs> And those were a couple of my highlights. Those are great. I love that Yvonne got his first ever chest injury. (laughs) (laughs) It was just a sprain, but still, you know, pretty good. Yeah. He couldn't shake hands. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jennifer and Mallory and Ellen. Ellen had a little bit bigger scene. Jennifer and Mallory were barely in it. We just got a little bit at the beginning with the, like, hot dog thing. And then this little bit at the end. And that was pretty much it. They were... They were quiet for a lot of it. But yeah, the, when they do have a line there, I mean, I don't think I'll take up chess. It's too violent. You know, that's that's gold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was beautiful. Sha-la-la-la. A couple other things here. One of them is that I had to point out that Yvonne says to Alex, I consider you my friend, Alex. And I don't know if you guys are listening out there and may have noticed, but our show is called Alex B. Keaton is My Friend. So based on this, are we Yvonne in this situation now? Well, I think we're friends with Yvonne. Alex B. Keaton is my friend. The friend of Uh my friend is my friend. So that's true. That's true. And the friend of my enemy is my friend. 
or something. The enemy of my friend is my... <laughs> no, enemy. the friend of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Man, we're just we're yeah. dropping the wisdom gold tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're bringing it solid right now. <laughs> uh, so I thought that was pretty great that he said that. Um, oh, also when Alex is talking with Yvonne in the snack shop, and you know he's trying to like encourage Yvonne that you know that even though they're putting a lot of pressure on him, it's just like a, a friendly rivalry, like between our two countries. <laughs> and then he yeah. says, you know, like a dance recital, the Olympics, the arms race. <laughs> arms race. I remember that. That was funny. Uh, <laughs> which is, it's so hard to like, you know, now, I mean, like, well, I guess it's not that hard now because of where we're at. But still, yeah. at the time, the tension between Russia and the United States, like it was a very real, at least it felt very real to people, you know, so it was. It definitely reads different than it would have just a few years ago. But like you oh, said, yeah. maybe now it's a little more pertinent. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Let's learn from the past. That's right. That's why we do this, you know, to learn from our history. Yep. Aww. Uh, Mallory says, after they come back in, I never thought I'd say this after a chess match, but nice tackle. <laughs> <laughs> we just had another episode where we had Elise was tackling people at the uh, the senior parent game. Killer instinct, Elise. Killer instincts. That's right. <laughs> Apparently, Alex is Elise's son. That's right. <laughs> we know where he gets it from. A lot of chess in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Some. I mean, thankfully they were able to do it in a fun way, but uh, the chess part itself is not that great. Yeah, well, and I don't know enough about it. I they were I feel like they did this on purpose probably, but they never showed too closely what they were really doing, so it was more just imagining they're probably doing a good move, but I don't know. I, I couldn't tell <laughs> exactly. what was going on there. I wonder if they actually could play chess. I mean I would assume they at least knew how to make the basic moves, but I don't think they knew I don't I don't know. I wonder if they had like a consultant on this on the show or they just meh just don't show too much and we'll just act like it's good. It's honestly what I feel like when I watch any sports movie, though, because they're like, oh, we're doing really good. And I'm like, I can tell because the music is swelling and everyone's cheering, but I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> that's kind of what it felt like in this, too. <laughs> that That's because you're an alien. You yeah, don't understand I know. American customs. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I, I know the rules to chess better than I do football. So, Well, you know. <laughs> there you go. I feel like chess is a little less complicated. I do too. I still don't I don't understand. I mean like baseball, basketball, like I feel like those are pretty straightforward. Football feels so complicated to me. And people have explained it and I'm like, uh, I don't know. It feels like yeah. someone reading an instruction manual to me and I don't I don't need to know, so I just don't. <laughs> and it must be the name of the sport too, because even, you know, we call it soccer, but it's football in most other countries. Yeah. It's uh it's got a lot of complicated rules as well. It does, yeah. But I feel like on a basic level, I understand kick it that way and get it in the goal. Whereas football is like sometimes you kick it and other times you throw it and then they like go back and forth. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. They just get a, a not really a preset number of downs, but, you know, or plays, but, you know, you have to gain yardage and. Yeah, kind of the same concept. You just you either throw the ball or run the ball, and then if you get to the fourth uh, down, then you kick it because you only have four downs to get the ten yards. Foreign language. I hear uh, nothing. Well. I, I, 
Well, we're gearing back up again because uh, football is officially started now. We're in spring season for Griffin. So mm. spring, yeah, that I understood yeah. that one season. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of those words made sense. Yay! Yeah, I heard those. <laughs> football, blah 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 blah. Spring season. So nice. Okay, I understand now. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I'll keep it simple then for you. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Hey, guess what? They have hot dogs at uh, football games typically. Huh? I've never. I have been to a couple baseball games. I've never been to any other sporting events outside of. I mean, like sometimes they would do demonstrations, like in high school. You know, like for a pep rally or whatever. Oh yeah. Okay. It's pretty much it. All right, well. Yeah. Never been to a chess match either. I did do, like, weird sports as a, as a kid, though. Like, I did fencing. I was a lifeguard, and I did swimming stuff, you know. But never, like, competitive. Just, you know, to do lifeguarding. So, yeah, you know, those kind of I'm things. I'm sure, like, you, did you work at, like, a public pool or, you know? Well, kind of, because we didn't really have a public pool. Like, there was one in my town growing up, and then there was an earthquake, and it got wrecked. So then the only place... <laughs> For a public pool, was that like the local camps? And so I actually oh, went around okay. to the camps and did lifeguarding, but it was like a public pool. Um, okay. And I also did lakefront lifeguarding on the lake. Ooh. Yeah. Sha-la-la-la. Was there a moral for this episode? Yeah. And, you know, I can't say it any better than Mr. Uh, Alex P. Keaton. It's easier to hate a country than it is to hate a person. Yeah. So. I mean, that definitely summed it up right there. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, and it was uh, great to see Stephen again. Yeah, we missed him last week. Yeah, I mean he was he was funny, kind of coming in and out, and you know working with the. Uh, he didn't really interact with the family very much, except to give Alex the telegram, and then you know he was in the same room with them. But then he was comic gold for all that commentary. So oh yeah, a lot more grabbing <laughs> tonight. But no, that definitely sums it up. You know, humanizing people. From a country that we think of as an enemy country, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's hard to do sometimes. And and obviously, like from the like language that was used by the guys in the in the snack shop, they, you know, I mean, I don't know if those are like official slurs or I don't know exactly what that would be considered, but they definitely were talking very disparagingly about this guy just because he was from Russia without knowing yeah. anything about him personally, you know, and that's that's sadly a mentality that a lot of times people take up. So, yeah, definitely. So, you know, wise words from uh, Mr. P. Keaton there. Mr. P. Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. APK. <laughs> APK. That's right. I love his monogram shirts. Yep, and his frame. You know, in the very beginning of the uh, the credits. Yeah, that's right. Always. <laughs> APK. Sha-la-la-la. We had a great episode. It was a fun, interesting one, and I think we're going to bring it to a close here. Wow. We're really just landing this plane. I know. it's. It feels like the right time. The wind, the updraft is just at the right angle that we can touch down gently and bring it up to the terminal. I think we should <laughs> so- do that. All right. Well, if that's what you think, I guess I'm going to take your lead. I know. I'm just trying to take that airplane analogy a little further, you know. I think it worked. Right. <laughs> hey, Phil, what if somebody wanted to write in? Where would they write into us? They would definitely want to write into us at alexpkeatonismyfriend at gmail.com. 
You can also use the contact form on our website, alexbkeatonismyfriend.com, or you can find us on Facebook and join our Facebook group and send us a message on Facebook. That'd be great. And finally, also join us on Podchaser. Any way you get us a message, we'll read it on the show. Podchaser. Podchaser. That's good. It's <laughs> a good little theme there. A little, little jingle. Yeah. I like it. It makes me excited. Podchaser, if you're out there. <laughs> so thank well, you, as always, Keith, for joining me. My pleasure, as always. And thank you, dear listeners, for being here. Don't forget to write to us. And we'll see you next time on another very special episode of Alex B. Keaton is my friend. What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing we can love each other through.